this is Bill Coca, head of the Coca-Cola Company. I'm currently in a human-sized birdcage being held hostage for Coke's secret formula. It's hot, it's dingy, and I don't know where I am. I feel I don't have much time left, so promise me you'll do one thing. Enjoy this episode of the Radcast about movie scores. Please, for the love of God. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, oh no, oh no, no. Tell my plants I love them. Treat Coca-Cola and the Radcast begins. In five, four, three, two. Extreme close-up. Oh, burning? No. Well, maybe it's my tootsies. My tootsies are burning. Your tootsies? Yeah. Oh, I had an idea. I want to go for the Guinness Book of World Records uh, holding my breath. Okay. Because uh, I'm practicing for the holding my breath competition. Okay. So I'm going to try it right Wait, now. Wait, the holding your breath competition? Yes. Where's that at? Uh, uh, I don't know. I haven't done that much research, but I know <laughs> last year's winner died. I know there, so. <laughs> I know there is one. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Like, like I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, what do I say to that? I don't. Do, uh, well, anyway, I need to practice, and I need you to time me. Okay. 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 So, time me. Okay. Now. Well, hold on. Okay. Oh, you start the timer. Oh yeah. Sorry, and I forgot. Go. Go, brother. Go. <sighs> Your encouragement distracts me. Oh, sorry. Okay, well... <laughs> Do you want to start over? No, no, no. I think we'd be good to get into this episode. <laughs> I'll practice more later. Nice try. All right, welcome to the Radcast. I'll practice more <laughs> later. Just make sure you keep your bedroom door open. Okay, I will. <laughs> if you hear a thud, it's probably me. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you need some sort of bell on your door. Well, you can use the one I... You wear... You can use the one you wear around your neck. Oh, Okay. That's that's called a diss. Oh, it's called a diss. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Anyway, welcome to the Radcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Steven. And I am Steven's brother. That's right. <laughs> that, you know that, your place. That, yeah, there you go. And we are on location this week. We're actually, usually we will record our intro after, like a day or two after we record mm-hmm. our, uh, our interview. But uh, we're going to do something special in honor of... The weekend. Comic-Con. And Comic-Con, which we'll get to in just a second here. Uh, but we are currently recording our intro before we record our interview. So it's some same-day action. Yeah. So it's everything's in is live in yeah. real time. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of interviews. So if the, we get some sort of news report that some famous celebrity has died. You'll then, hear about it Monday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So anyway, like I said, we're on location because our guest this evening is our very dear friend, Jess Weed. We have kept her waiting long enough, <laughs> and we're finally doing her episode. So the last name sounds familiar. Exactly. It's Jeremy's, Jeremy's uh, wife. But Jeremy's better half. Yeah, and he's quiet back there. <laughs> Be quiet or you're getting the muzzle. <laughs> Puts the lotion on the skin or gets the hose again. <laughs> a, a great... Uh, the, the, po- the poet laureate Buffalo Bob. <laughs> the laureate... Uh, Anyway, so yeah, we're going to be talking about movie scores with Jess. So something that the three of yes. us have talked about at mm-hmm. length before. And uh, yeah, I mean, Jess is... Not like 
not like keeping score on movies. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but we are in Casa de Weed, which is not yep. a dispensary in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is Jess and Jeremy's home. <laughs> so thank you for having us, you two. Um, and, uh, you hear that? <laughs> yeah. Like you mentioned, Comic-Con is this weekend. Yeah, so started Thursday true. and mm-hmm. uh, going through Sunday, which is a huge thing. If you listen to the Proper Gentleman podcast, we're going to be having an episode uh, solely devoted to the happenings at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. In a couple days. In a couple from days. When you listen so, to this. Yeah. yeah. So if you listen to Proper Gentlemen, go ahead and keep an ear out for that. And if you don't, go ahead and give us a try. You might like it. Comic-Con. Yes. Um, so if you don't know what it is, it's just, it's a place, it's really for like worlds of nerddom and movies and yeah. television and toys and all these things. It's just this big amalgamation of all, of all these things. I think with Marvel, I think with like comic book movies, being so mainstream now it's tough to find anyone that doesn't at least have an idea of what comic-con is like hasn't hasn't at least like heard of it right exactly so comic-con is this weekend and there's a lot of like developments in the world of cinema and television Mm -hmm. and and i almost said music not really music but like comic (laughs) books and stuff like that it just kind of runs the gamut of all these quote-unquote nerdy things all things that we find rad and so many other people do too so many other people do too um (laughs) but we got a thank you um so (laughs) There's already been some cool stuff that have dropped, like It Part 2, the trailer yeah, the for that. Yeah, uh, the Jane, trailer. Jane Silent Bob reboot. Mm-hmm. And then uh, not, I, you know. Well, there, there's, and we'll talk about it more on Wednesday for the Proper General Podcast, mm-hmm. but um, the Marvel, there's a Marvel Avengers game coming out. Yeah. So uh, that's Square, that's pretty awesome. Square Enix or whoever does Kingdom yeah. Hearts. Yeah. yeah. So there's all that cool stuff, but also you know there there are likely to be some duds that fall in there. Sure. Things that people might s- throw at the wall to see what sticks, right. but you know don't end up kind of catching fire or anything. Um, so we actually got a list of those things that mm-hmm. people have like submitted or they're gonna are gonna that, be at Comic Con. Yeah. I don't know why they can't send us the good stuff or samples I don't of the know. good stuff. Why are they sending us the crap? But we know. have a list right now. So we're going to um, we're going to name some of these things. Sure. Uh, so I'm gonna name the first thing here. Uh, so I mean this is pretty normal. Um, there was announced a biopic about Elvis's barber. Yeah. Um, it's remember, gonna be yeah. called Cutting for the King. Yeah. And there you uh, go. Yeah, and so that that'll be pretty cool. I wonder. Uh, I think there was a, a clip that dropped. Um, we I, don't have it. We don't. But I'm gonna. I'll last par- week we got Elvis's last recording, but we can't get a clip from this. Yeah, exactly. So I'll I'll just I'll do uh, I'll say kind of what I heard. It was so Elvis, ting ting ting. He walks in walks into the barber shop and he's like, Hey Elvis, how you doing? How how the songs coming? He's like, Oh, not bad, not bad, Anthony. He's like, Please, Elvis, please call, call me Tony. Call me Tony. Come on, call me Big Tony. He's like, Oh, I like, like how he hurt. changed it three different times. <laughs> like hey, don't call me Anthony. Call me Tony. Go, call me Big Tony. <laughs> Sounds like Big Tony's trying to work on his character. Like, Give me a haircut, Big Tony. He's like, What are you looking for? Looking for a pompadour. <laughs> Sounds good. Of course, why would I even ask? <laughs> so that sounds like it'll be a big hit. <laughs> um, and one thing you can do at Comic-Con is you you can go and do meet and greets and uh-huh. whatnot. Yeah. Some people charge a lot. Some people don't, you know, but it's usually varying levels of celebrity. Right. So this year, one of the booths that they have are one of the people you can get a meet and greet with. Mm-hmm. Do you remember uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate yeah, Factory? Yeah, of course. So you remember Augustus Glump? Uh, yeah, of course well, I do. The first victim of the chocolate factory. Yeah, well, he was a young, fat German boy, yeah. and now he's an old, fat German boy. <laughs> so he's sitting wheelchair and all because yeah. of immobility, because yeah. of all the chocolate. Yeah. Uh, he's sitting there waiting to take pictures with you or um, 
I don't know, sign autographs. I don't know what he ask for. Ask for money or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, You're uh, already getting paid. Right. You exactly. paid me in chocolate. I need American currency. Yeah. He's like, please stop by my booth. So that was one of the other people. So that'll that'll be nice. Um, Funko, Funko has mm-hmm. has stuff there. Funko Pops. Yep. Um, those are pretty cool. I kind of had to get. Yeah. I was kind of cold on them for a little bit, but they're they're not too bad. I like how they incorporate so many aspects of nostalgia. Sure. Mm-hmm. Some of the things they incorporate are history mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Believe it or not, um, there's actually going to be a booth with an, a uh, Comic Con exclusive J Edgar Hoover Funko Pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's you have an option between uh, him in a suit and tie holding the FBI, an FBI clipboard, or you have an option of him in drag. So take your pick. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. They are they're making more options for those now. So yeah, well, not the Jager Hoover's Comic Con right. exclusive, no. yeah. but oh, okay, right, yeah. right. Um, and then there's a new open world game that's coming out. Uh huh. That those are pretty popular. You kind of go and explore and do whatever you want. Yeah. And so it's called Saving for Summer. Okay. And it's about. Um, a teenage kid walking down the street shoveling driveways like mm-hmm. shoveling snow it takes yeah. place in the winter mm-hmm. and so you're saving up for various summer excursions right. or like items you want to buy and basically and there's some gameplay footage and basically this kid as this character you're you you get a base amount for just shoveling driveways mm-hmm. so if you just wanted to shovel driveways but you can also earn more money for like various other tasks yeah. so like hanging Christmas lights right but the then added challenge to that is the ladders being held by the homeowner's jealous son yeah. who fancies himself the man of the house, but right. he's lazy and yeah. his mom, that's why his mom is to hire neighborhood kids to yeah. help with household chores. Um, so potentially he could sabotage the ladder. And mm-hmm. I think there's also a mini games where you're hanging from the gutters. Oh, that sounds yeah. interesting. Yeah. So you got to find a safe way to get down. There's also, you help someone clean their house. Cool. But you get locked in the basement, so you got to find a way out. Oh. Um, and then, so and there's other things like you run into a rival shoveler, you're running from dogs, you have to explain to the cops why you're running down the street with a shovel in your hand. So a lot of interesting interesting games coming out of Comic-Con, really taking, uh, taking advantage of that open world format. It sounds like fun. Some more movie news. Rhinoplasty Man and Lobotomy Lad is going to be hitting yeah. theaters mm-hmm. finally. Yeah, um, finally. I don't know how finally those, got greenlit. Exactly. I don't been, know how those been two, in you know, production for a while. I don't know how those two kind of tie into each other, but maybe if you botched one of them, you'd end up giving the other. Sure. So yeah. you Rhino, can't have one without the other. Exactly. Um, there's a new TLC show, which TLC had a booth at Comic Con. I, I don't know, know why. why. I don't know. Um, it's called My Left Nut. Uh, it chronicles people who really desire de- something desperately. Okay. Um, yeah. But instead, TLC calls their bluff. Oh, okay. And uh, so. they they sit the people down in an interrogation room and throw a butcher knife on the table. It's like you really so want you, you really said want you'd that give thing. Your left nut for okay. it. Okay. Let's see. All right. Well, let's let yeah. the whole series is people just dealing either dealing with the decision. Yeah. Or. Um, they're just in the interrogation yeah. room thinking whether it, it really helps you count your blessings. Yeah. You well, know? and most of the talking heads are people like, Oh, it was just a figure of speech. Just figure right. of speech. Okay. Well you got cameras on you now. So, uh, put yeah. up or shut up. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then finally a children's puppet show based on the movie species. So ah, yes. that ought to be pretty cool. So those are all, that's all the stuff that we receive. That's all the news we received at Comic-Con to share mm-hmm. on the show. Yep. We got some more stuff to share. Uh, listen to the Proper Gentleman podcast. You'll hear about all the, the actual stuff that went on. Yeah. And now I think it's time to hit a commercial break. It's <laughs> now time to play dodgeball. Now it's time to play dodgeball. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be sitting down with Jess Weed talking about movie scores. So stay tuned to the Radcast. 
Hey, no skin off my ashtabula. You want to stay here plucking cows, that's your business. We now return. You know something? You're not nice. To the Radcast. Ooh, that one hurt. So long, milkmaids. And people still choose to hang out with me, so... <laughs> yeah. Do they? Yeah. yeah Do exactly. they, though? Yes. Oh, yeah, good question. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's, I can't tell you how much money I had to spend to hang out with you, and you're my brother. <laughs> yeah, okay, good for you, little boy. Brothers don't grow on trees. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. I want to chop that tree down. So Didn't, on our uh, way, on our, I was, well, I was say on our way over here, uh, we were preparing for the episode and we were listening to scores and stuff like that. But then we got distracted and started listening to Kenny Loggins, <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. Yeah. So. Didn't you say um, you guys just got back from Kokomo, Indiana, the armpit of America, <laughs> and Jeremy bought four large, sweet cookies? <laughs> yes. There's a place that actually was on Shark Tank. It's called Blondie's Cookies. They have a couple of different locations, and Jeremy <laughs> loves their cookies. And so we took our three kids, yeah. two, five, and six, yeah. um, and his parents to the mall specifically to get a Blondie's cookie. <laughs> Lo and behold, I don't get one because they have about four inches of it's icing, so and I sweet. just can't handle it. I like them. <laughs> Absolutely not. About four cavities waiting for yeah, you exactly. after you so have it. Pick whichever teeth you want them on. And <laughs> <laughs> so gross. His parents didn't get one. Our boys each got one, and they only finished about a third of it, maybe a half at most, and they were they were done. Jeremy, on the other hand, bought four cookies. <laughs> four. Because he God. loves them just that much. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> and I'm not talking little dinky cookies. I mean, like, you know, I think one was like a pencil for going back to school or a crayon or something and had at least an inch and a half of icing on it. <laughs> but I'll be darned. Yes. He, he finished the whole thing. Mama said I did good today. <laughs> I'm proud of my boy. Yes. Good job, Jeremy. <laughs> now sit down. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, we, we mess with Jeremy so much and I'm only happy sorry for it <laughs> we knew her before you did <laughs> this is true yeah <laughs> this is true and who is her you may be asking yeah. well if you missed that nice little morsel before the commercial <laughs> break intro we are uh sitting down with too busy dvring my left nut or whatever <laughs> it's called that's what it's my left nut that's what it's called <laughs> my left nut yeah um but we are sitting here it's been a long time coming you've been ready for this for the past like two or three it's like been months for you that you've been ready for this we're sitting down with our good friend jess weed just say hello to the listeners hey everybody that's jess <laughs> and today everyone. thank you ladies and gentlemen i'm here until thursday <laughs> good night yeah, all right so we are talking and also if you missed the intro we're talking film scores today mm -hmm. so that's something that um I'm always surprised to see how many people really take into consideration the score of a film because honestly, if you look at it, there's a, there are there's this group of people that like who don't really take into consideration mm -hmm. a score or how important a score yeah. can be. It's just kind of exactly that the background music. Right. But yeah. what we're going to talk about today is how the score can contribute to the characterization of a scene mm -hmm. and continue, can contribute to the emotions of a scene. Yeah. And we're going to kind of regale you all with some of our favorite scores, some of our favorite composers, yeah. some of our favorite moments with yeah. movie scores. So we're going to kind of hit it all today well it's funny how you said there are people who don't like pay attention to the score right. but like without them realizing it the score is telling them who's good who's bad like right. what to think of a character mm -hmm. and stuff like that so whether or not they're paying attention to it mm -hmm. there's some like pavlovian response like if they were to hear that again they'd be like oh that person's bad mm -hmm. that person, right you know yeah 
Well, ironically, you know, my dad, you, you guys know my dad, he yeah. loves movies. And um, I remember the day that we were driving in the car somewhere. Um, we had about a three or four hour drive. Mm-hmm. And it was the day that James Horner died. And yeah. I know. Um, and when he, he, he brought it up, he said, hey, you know, I saw something on the news and you, you wouldn't believe it. And, you know, that guy that you like, that, that musician that you like, he died. And I'm like, that could be a lot of people. You know? I'm on, like, dad. dad, that could literally mean. Freddie Mercury's been dead for years, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Bomb drop. <laughs> what? No, the lead singer Crap. from Queen. <laughs> well, and he was like, you know, I, you know, the music, the guy that doesn't, you know, the movies. And I'm like, okay, Hans, Danny Elfman, I'm going yes. to him. And. I said, is it James Horner by chance? And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, he died? What? I could not believe it. Mm-hmm. And I instantly grabbed, you know, grabbed my phone. I Googled it. Sure enough, he had yeah. passed away. And I just was silent for a good two minutes. And he was like, you know, is it really that important to you? And I was like, well, you know, actually, he's my favorite composer. Yeah. And I explained why. And we spent the rest of that three and a half hours um, playing songs, Mm -hmm. all of my favorites, of course. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I tried to pick stuff that he would know. And, oh, yeah, I remember that movie, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And at the end of the car ride, he was shocked at like, you know, I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. You know, how much of an impact music can make. Yeah you know, in a movie and the emotions that it draws out from you that you don't really expect and how much of a, you know, a role it really plays in a Mm -hmm. film. Yeah, Because if you took out all the music and pick any movie, the movie is completely different. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Not as good in my opinion. And so he was really surprised at how much I knew about it, how Mm -hmm. much I enjoyed it. And our conversation that followed, you know, and everything that he did. And we wound up playing some other songs sure, by right. other guys and, right. you know, that I like, but still it was, I'll never forget that day. Just, you know, yeah. it oh, was yeah. really heartbreaking and sad, but it also was eye opening for my yeah. dad. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Well, and you were talking about James Horner and you were talking about emotion and what it brings out of you. Mm-hmm. So on the way over here, Steven and I, he, I mean, like you mentioned before, we started listening to scores and got yeah. distracted by Kenny Loggins. But one of the scores we were listening to was the score to glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh yeah, such so a great, good. it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in 10 years, but if you play a song from Glory, I'll recognize it just because I right. remember the music more than I actually remember right. the right. movie. And that probably has something to do with our dad would listen to the mm. Glory you know, score right. or yeah. songs from Glory. And on the way over here, uh, immediately I thought about this when you said it brings out emotion. The song we were playing we were just cranking it and it hit certain points in the song and like I was getting goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Right. I hadn't seen the movie in 10 years, but just right. the music was giving me goosebumps. Right. And what's crazy is music in movies is not a new thing all right. the way back right. the, from the start of motion pictures. Yeah. It's the silent films. Silent films so is you, all music. You had no yeah. other, you had no other choice but to allow the music be, to be a character. Right. And I think that's kind of where, where that starts is in silent movies, the music when, you know, the big brute or the or the the antagonistic police officer comes around the corner it's a dun 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 it hits yeah. a minor key it's like dun 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 like really kind of lower register yeah. and then you know or in escape scene it's a really kind of chaotic mm-hmm. type song that just bled into when I, I don't want to sound like a 100-year-old guy here, but talkies came into yes. existence. <laughs> you know, music started playing a whole different role and you know, right. in a new way to where you're not going to hear music 100% of the time, but when you do, it's going to mean something. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Because yeah. so, it's, it's usually during it. 
and I think I already said this, but it tells you how to feel during a scene. Like right. if you're watching a Rocky movie mm-hmm. and you've got dialogue and then once he starts training for the big fight, mm-hmm. Bill Conti's score comes in yeah. and you get inspired and you're like, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, come on, Rocky. Come on. Yeah. Let's like, let's do this. Right. This, this, this is important. This means something. Right. Mm-hmm. I recently read a couple of months ago, something that, um, go figure James Horner actually said was he in his music he doesn't like to necessarily tell the audience how to feel he Mm -hmm. likes to ask them how Mm -hmm. they feel Ah, by playing yeah certain notes and certain kinds of music and um because the music that he writes and works on is just like you said it gives you goosebumps and it gives you all these feelings and emotions and it just really it hits you you know it really does it hits you um but he gets a lot of heat because a lot of his stuff ha- sounds similar. You yeah. know, you can yeah, hear yeah, yeah, similar yeah. notes and he uses the voices and things mm-hmm. like that. But a lot of people do that also. A oh, lot yeah. of right. composers do that. But when in his response is, th- I just remember <laughs> this and I actually looked it back up a couple of days ago. His response was, he said, you know, I'm nothing more than a fancy pencil for hire. Right. Yeah. And he said, I don't own any of the music when I'm done. It all belongs to the movie company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, if I'm working on a piece and I'm really getting going with it and it's magical and I'm paraphrasing this part, but sure. he said, if I'm really, if I find something special and I bring it to the director, the director says, well, that sounds great, but can you make it cute or can you make it this? And, mm-hmm. you know, because the director is the one who just spent months and months, yeah. you know, making a movie and the composer and they have no part of the creation process of the Mm -hmm. film. They are given the film and saying, Hey, what can you write for this? Mm -hmm, Right. And you know, so they try their best and come up with something, but director can come in and say, yeah, that's great, but let's do it this way. And he said, so if I find music that I like, sometimes I'll bring it to another project because I like it and I want to keep going. And he said, Mm -hmm. it's like that with any artist. Oh yeah. Because if you were given a blank canvas, you can do whatever you want with it and Mm -hmm. nobody can come in and say, yeah, that's great, but can you use more blue Right. or whatever? Yeah, But he said, it makes my job harder. And so he said, that's kind of what I like to describe to people Mm -hmm. when they give me a hard time about reusing stuff as well. I found something that I like. I want to develop it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And... I don't, I don't hate it. I like it. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, and I'm okay with it. Well, and other people like it too. Well, and if it is like, if it works, like if it, if it elicits that exact emotion, it really paints a picture in the scene and it enhances the scene. I mean, there's no originality in Hollywood anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So like any, if you hire John Williams for like war movies or like since James Horner uses like the chorus, the mm-hmm. choirs and stuff, you use him for like every war movie after that. Mm-hmm. That it'll. He has the earmarks of the emotion you're trying to display with war or yeah. John Williams. He's yeah, very exactly, adventurous, yeah. heroic type yeah, scores. Exactly. Um, right. So, so yep. if someone's like, if some, if he does Star Wars and you're trying to make an adventure movie like Indiana Jones, especially if the same directors use the same composers a lot. So if you have Steven Spielberg or George Lucas, they're like, you know, make this like Marion's theme and Indiana Jones. Like make this very like, she's kind of like Princess Leia. It's similar to Leia's theme. There's, you know, in Marion's theme, he zigs and in Leia's theme, he zags. He has a few different, you know, note variations Mm -hmm. in there. But also, Jess, you mentioned, and we've mentioned a couple times before that, like with emotion i think the the tale telltale signs of a good composer is when your pieces can 
whether it's in one movie or multiple movies, your pieces can help tap into each emotion. Yeah. Like right. on the subject of John Williams, you listen to the Imperial March and you, know, exactly. you, you have fear, you have anxiety, you listen to Yoda's theme, you have, you have peace, you listen to the Force theme, you have hope, you listen yeah. to Han and the Princess and you have Duel love. of the Fates. It, yeah. You know, even though it's from a prequel, right. yeah. you know, The Phantom Menace, the best part of that movie is John Williams' score. Right. And right. so when Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and Darth Maul are fighting and it's like dun 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 like it's building intensity and you're like you feel the intensity of this fight well and the music carries on through decades think about the first star wars films and think about the last one that you saw in the theater what last christmas something like that in the minute you hear that exactly i mean everybody just every person in the audience starts looking around and smiling like isn't this awesome exactly and it's the same with darth vader's theme you know it comes on they might put it in maybe a different key just Mm. because it's newer but they bring it all back and you just you get all the feels Mm -hmm. so even if you're not even aware of film scores and you know what they mean and Mm -hmm. like my dad was don't even kind of think about it you do in the moment you do when you're watching it because you just something clicks i hear darth vader's theme the imperial march is coming on or you hear leia luke and leia's Mm -hmm. theme and you know it just drives something home for you whether you realize it or not there's a warmth that that comes from it that it reminds you the first time you heard it or Mm -hmm. it reminds you of certain moments in your life Mm -hmm. yeah uh so jess you mentioned that your dad as you know massive like big into movies like Mm -hmm. big into movies um and so where did your awareness and your appreciation for scores come from? Um, you know, I've always loved music mm-hmm. um, ever since I was a kid. Um, parts I think I get that from mm-hmm. my dad because mm-hmm. he's a musician. Right. He's an excellent guitarist and has a great voice. And I've always been singing and things like that. But um, we watched a lot of movies growing up. And I think I just really picked up on the lyrics really easily. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have a video of me, at, I think, at three singing every single world, uh, every single word to um, Part of Your World from yeah, The Little yeah. Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Alan Menken gets me yeah. every time <laughs> that like, opening few couple of notes yeah. and I'm just, oh my gosh, my whole childhood comes back. Yeah, that's the one that goes bow, 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 that one. Exactly. Yeah. See, yeah. he knows. The yeah. Bee Gees. Yeah. And Flounder's like, like strutting and stuff. He's like, why is my body moving like this? <laughs> you know, The Little Mermaid. Duh. <laughs> it's all part of the act. It's a boogie mermaid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think the older that I got, um, I started recognizing certain um, themes like Rain Man, mm-hmm. which is a Hans oh, Zimmer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, Ooh, you know, I know yeah. I love Rain Man. It's so unique and creative and very different from mm-hmm. what everybody recognizes as Hans Zimmer. Usually his stuff is so powerful and Pearl Harbor, Crimson Tide and mm-hmm. all these big guys. Lion King, yeah. Lion King exactly. Yeah. Very powerful. But then again, in Lion King, he slows it down for yeah. da, 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 a league of their own. Is the same way. He does a league of their own. Yeah, yeah. He, he can play on your senses in that way mm-hmm. too but um i be i remember rain man and that theme and it's so unique and so creative and the older i got the more aware of of movie scores mm-hmm. i became and then it was kind of you know i think in middle school i started looking into oh that's john williams and mm-hmm. yeah i know why yeah. why <laughs> no 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 i'm i'm thinking i'm thinking of a remix of hans zimmer stuff with rain man audio clips <laughs> sorry keep going like, <laughs> like boom boom Whopper comes on for I'm a good driver. I'm a good driver. One of my favorite movies. I interrupt by the way. you. Stop I'm sorry. picking it apart, will you? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't like being this way. <laughs> anyway, so, John yeah. Williams. I'm sorry. No, I, I mean everybody knows John Williams stuff. Oh, of you course. know. Um, but I think in high school, especially, I got to know um, 
other people. And, you know, I love John Williams, but he's not one of my top fives. Mm-hmm. You know, believe really? it, believe yeah. it or Interesting. not. Okay, I know, and be, I love his stuff. I want to get into that. Uh-huh. I want to I be able to jump into that um, right now. Why not? Let's go. <laughs> jump kidding. in. No, water's warm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. He's he's definitely he's powerful. I think he's won more Academy Awards than oh yeah. you know most yeah. other composers, yeah. musicians, mm-hmm. and I think he had over 155 films or maybe that i don't know he's he's had a bunch mm-hmm. um james horner is my favorite mm-hmm. um so many of his his films oh my goodness they just they get me but i love danny elfman yeah, danny elfman is probably my danny second El- yeah yeah his stuff is so creative yeah so unique and the voices i mean la, one la, of my la, favorite la, 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 la. Scrooge. Scrooge. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly oh yeah oh yeah but i mean that's very typical him you mm-hmm. hear it and you're like oh that's danny elfman mm-hmm. it's gotta yeah. be oh yeah. yeah you know i saw the new dumbo movie and he did that ah, and i mean yeah. the first couple scenes and i looked at jeremy and i was like oh danny elfman yeah there he is yeah and plus signature stuff I mean, Batman, Batman, Batman. It's, it's I mean, one of the greatest scores of all time. It's, it's, that, yeah. it's that marching pace in your face. Like it's, but it's like, it's very sweeping and riveting yeah. and it's epic yeah. and it's gothic and that's very kind of, gothic. Yeah. I and think, that's, that's the MO, that's Danny Elfman's MO is to create these gothic atmospheres. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause he's mainly, he's scoring so much for Tim Burton and then mm-hmm. also just any of the movies, like even Pee Wee, there's even you know, a, there's a surrealism to his Pee Wee's big adventure score. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it, it harkens very much back to Bernard Herrmann's score for psycho. Like there's yeah. so many parts mm-hmm. in there to where like, if you watch the scene where Pee Wee just had his bike stolen and yeah. he's walking <laughs> through and everybody's riding bikes, there's, it's, it sounds there's, like there's, there's, from there, psycho. there's yeah. these right. lines in the score that sound exactly like when Janet Lee is in the movie Psycho, she's just stolen money from her boss and she's driving away and she sees a police officer yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's it's so subtle but it creates such an anxiety and such a stress that you're like, oh my god, she's gonna she's gonna get caught, yeah. she's gonna get caught, and then she like she doesn't compose herself super well like the cops <laughs> onto her, but like you can tell you can tell where composers yeah. take from other composers and just kind of build that kind of oh, almost yeah. like like in an honor they build of that. onto right. it yeah, yeah exactly exactly so they take certain threads yeah and, and matt you mentioned with. earlier how dad would we grew up listening to the glory um soundtrack yeah. um it, it just was kind of like quote-unquote white noise i guess but mm-hmm. um the the time when music really kind of played a part and our developing our music minds is we grew up watching the Rocky movies. Yep. And yeah. like Matt said earlier, Bill Conti. So watching, you know, listening to Gonna Fly Now well, and f- hearing yeah, hearing pieces like Conquests in the yeah. middle of a, a Rocky Apollo fight. Or yeah. Hearing like Redemption and the and at the end of uh, or at the beginning of the first Rocky after the, you know the yeah. You it's the first time you realize how much a music the music drives a story like yeah. whether or not it's right in your face or playing like softly underneath dialogue like mm-hmm. you realize on the you, you don't you don't realize how much music is playing throughout a movie even when people are talking like I think it was it was you or Jeremy who were saying you went to one of those shows of the symphonies where they oh, play yeah. the movie and oh, I think the symphony I think plays back the music. to the future we and did back for, to yeah, the future to the we've Alan done Jurassic Park yeah, yeah, Jurassic we've done Park. Disney and then we did a John Williams Night to uh, Remember that would have been awesome, awesome. It was and, fantastic. And you guys did Indiana Jones, didn't oh, you? Oh, that's right. Yeah. We did Indiana Jones too. Well, we saw ET, so <gasps> ET was great. ET I, was I good. cried in ET. Outstanding. But but with that that being said, you you even said after the Back to the Future one, you said you don't realize how much 
like the music was playing like the whole time. Even when there's talking, you right. someone's playing something. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing to think oh, yeah. about. And, you know, it's like I said earlier, they make the movie most of the time. Yeah. And then come to... Um, you know, the composer, the musicians and say, Hey, what can you do with the mm-hmm. exception? E.T. is one of those where they didn't. Um, oh, I, sure, Steven yeah. Spielberg actually said, you know, Hey John, you know, we need something really big for the ending. Mm-hmm. And instead of them cutting the ending around, um, or cutting the music around the ending, mm. they cut the film around the music because nice. it was that good. And yeah. I yeah. thought, Oh, well it that is a slam dunk. It fits. I mean, if you, if you watch, if you watch the scene, where Elliot goes off the cliff and you see that the famous like Amblin logo mm-hmm. is yeah. is taken from, you know, yeah. the scene in E.T. to where E.T. is flying Elliot after, you know, the, all the Halloween stuff. I'm and getting just, air sick. That was E.T. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, but like if you, if you, but if you hear where the music crescendo. Look out below. Yes. <laughs> Look out below. No E.T. Oh, crap. I dropped him. Some homeless guy. What the hell is that? Is that an E.T.? <laughs> with the chance of aliens. <laughs> you can't fool me. I know what an ET is. And then trying to show me up, Henry. Trying to show me up, Henry. <laughs> no, let's go, guys. And then a big mob comes and t- chases him to a miniature golf course and yeah. they beat him with putters. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Yeah, me too. The power of movies. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, so ET, how you said that they built back to the serious part, how they built the score or how they built the movie around the score. It just tells how it fits in to where mm-hmm. the parts that are supposed to like really emote. So like when Elliot goes off the cliff and he's like, uh, and he just, he comes back. Yeah, ex- no. Guys, come on. He didn't fall down a cliff. It's not a deleted scene either. I checked. Um, but like, then he just goes up and then when he's like, ah, like uh, the, I, I love that part. Makes and you feel like a kid again. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then when, well, it's that's the surprise. He's like, oh my, he's like, it's working. Yeah. And then finally the jubilation where it's like, oh, I, I didn't fall. Like I'm flying. And he's like, yeah. And, but like, uh, and then, then when you talked about at the end of the movie where it's like, dun, dun, dun. When E.T.'s going up, I'm getting goosebumps just talking yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Like the, the music is reaching, a, stops, fe- is reaching yeah. a fever pitch. And like E.T. is, he's walking up the ramp to a ship and, Jeremy yes. just sent a text that said, "Just like Mac and me, yeah. <laughs> exactly like Mac and me." Yes, I like how both of you just stopped, <laughs> as twins do, in mid-sentence and looked down at your phones at the no, same text well, from my husband who's sitting on the couch next to us. Well, just the, say it. Just say it. <laughs> I know you're there, Eric. Yes. <laughs> Look up, <laughs> look up Paul Rudd go, on go, Conan. Go back to your, go, yeah. just go back to your back spot. Back to your whole back winch. To your cage. <laughs> um, lock it up yourself. To the witch wench. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but, but, but e. it actually works though because in that song the song kind of stops. Before, yeah, but, but, yeah, but yeah, when E.T.'s going up the ramp and you see like the dog follow him up and then turn back, it's like dun dun dun, and as it's closing up, it's like. Bah, yeah. yeah, it just closed. Dun, 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 yeah. dun. Like it just ends with showing ET's glowing heart. Like, uh, yeah, like it's so good. It makes me think a little bit. Um, it reminds me of the Ned Burning story, which yeah. is not John Williams, but right. still, um, it reminds me of a Treyu's flug, which is still one of my all-time favorite, mm-hmm. like little snippets from a you know a movie score oh it's so makes you feel like a kid and like you're flying and he's 
he's you know flying on a luck dragon in the middle of the sky and just save the world you know and mm-hmm. all is all is right again and then he goes back to his regular life not even mm-hmm. in you know fantasia anymore he's completely back in his regular life running from the bullies mm-hmm. and gets to ride falcor through the clouds and chases yeah. the bullies and that whole thing just makes me feel similarly to how you just mm-hmm. described with et it's yeah. just like you know yeah. falcor it's wonderful yeah, exactly it's like the nothing never was oh it's amazing and it just it, it creates we talked about you know these these pieces creating kind of a, a its own their own characterization in the movie it, it creates these worlds that you as the viewer you want to be a part of that like mm-hmm. in never any story how i mean i've never seen it but i remember you or you oh. just you just said how like you know the it's kid's name is a treyu or well or, bastion is the bastion. little boy yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. so but bastion. you know but bastion you know bastion <laughs> after <laughs> after he's done in this world and he has to come back down to reality and it almost seems like nothing in his life has changed and he's leaving this world yeah, that he loves that, kind of bittersweet that, it's like kind of, as a kid that, that, like, that's the way kind of you feel if if you go to a movie that you really loved and the music played a part in that you're going right. you're jumping back into your your regular life yeah so if anything the music you know creates this sense of adventure and this sense of wonder yeah, and escape. this yeah and just you get you get hypnotized by it at the same time you get just drawn in by it and it makes you feel all these things and finally when the movie's over you know you want you want more of that mm-hmm. and you you are going back to your regular life and it just it just it, it, it that's how to me it adds so much really, that yeah. you know if i can i man, i think i can't remember if you mentioned already in the episode or if you this i remember you said it on the way here a, a good just piece and a score you can close your eyes and either see yeah. the scene or you can say, you can yeah. see where it hits you emotionally mm-hmm. and play that out in your head yeah so like you mentioned um conquest which is from rocky two it's in two and three okay it's kind and of the it's, final it's, fight it's song. a yeah it's a song that plays during the apollo and rocky mm-hmm. fights and i hear that when i hear the song in my head i can almost see the whole fight in my right. head and tell where the beats are at yep and the same thing is when you listen to and this is going to get a big pop because we all love this movie, but Hook, the Hook oh, score, yes. John Williams. Whenever yep. I was mm. listening to that the other day at my desk and every, with every song, I knew exactly where it was in yep. the movie. Oh, absolutely. Just because, especially when Peter has just gotten back to Neverland and it's like, it's this funny, like that dun, 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 dun. Like they're chasing him through Neverland, yeah. and then like he's just kind of worn I'm out. Yeah, and he's like, it. The music kind of dies down, and they're all kind of they're like, that's not Peter Pan. That's not you know they're they're not so fat to me. And then so like there's this moment of he's sort of hopeless, and he's like, I need someone to help me with my kids. And then Little Pockets comes out, and there's this music that plays while Pockets yeah. is like examining his face. He's like, Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, there you like, are, oh, Peter. Mm-hmm. And then it builds. It's, exactly. yeah, it's like almost the like the force, force theme. theme. Yeah. yeah. How there are thread. Every composer has threads like their own like thumbprints yeah. in every yeah, movie. And it, it's something that it doesn't need to be like grand and fast paced if it's like down half a step or oh, it's yeah. if it's like um half time or if it's yeah. more of like it's more of like a um 
it's more of like a, a coast or a cruise other yeah. than like a, a march or something yeah. like like the force thing na, 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 na. thinking about it more it, it gets me a little choked up uh that scene because pockets is like oh there you are peter and they all realize that it's peter and they all run over mm-hmm. to his side and if you can tag some good dialogue in there mm-hmm. like right when it's going nah, 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 like yeah. one kid's like peter you grew up you promise, promise you never, never grow, grow up. up like i'm getting chills thinking yeah. about it just because it's so it's so special it's, they're mm-hmm. so happy to see their friend but they're they're like you promise you never leave us you promise you never mm-hmm. grow up so like it just it's this wave just waves crashing of good dialogue with good yeah. music mm-hmm. it just creates it tugs a, at your heartstrings it does and it's intentional it's mm-hmm. supposed oh, to yeah. yeah you know that's that's what makes you appreciative of these musicians and these artists who know what they're doing and mm-hmm. know how to get a feeling out of you because you know they they could play any music mm-hmm. that they wanted to yeah. mm-hmm. and they could have had no music a lot of it it could have been yeah. up to i mean you know they could have done anything and he chose that beautiful and the yes. violins are just yeah. mm-hmm. oh they're so powerful oh, oh yeah and it's just beautiful and mm-hmm. we all know it we could all hum mm-hmm. it in our heads yeah. right now and I think that's why we're sitting around doing this now yeah, and talking yeah, exactly. about it now is because yeah, exactly. we love it and it, it, you know, it means something to us oh, all yeah. and that's, that's their job as a creator. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of intentional, we, Steven and I had this conversation on the way over here. Um, we were talking about Bill Conti who not only did, um, Rocky, but he did the karate kid. Yeah. Right. He did. I think he did all three of them and he did all three and then the next karate kid. Um, with Hillary, the Hillary Swank version, uh, <laughs> and he cranberries, exactly, yeah, cran- yeah, the cranberries. Yeah. I mean, did they the, should take credit for that yeah, fourth yeah, movie. Exactly. I'm sorry, that was my introduction. Give credit to, where credit is due. Exact credit yes. to the cranberries. Exactly. Justice for the cranberries. Mm-hmm. Um, hashtag justice, justice for the cranberries. justice for Yub Nub. Uh, yeah, exactly, that. Return of the Jedi. But um, <laughs> but with intentionality, the the proof in the karate kid that this music isn't just some stock music that's mm-hmm. thrown in there. Right. This there's Bill Conti did such a great job in that score a couple different times of matching a certain motion in the movie with an instrument. Mm-hmm. And so for example, in the final tournament in the final f- or before the final fight, Daniel gets hurt by one of the Cobra Kai and he's like, you know, he's like, I, I got a forfeit. Like I can't compete. And he's like, Mr. Miyagi, can you fix my leg? You know, because Mr. Miyagi like claps his hands together, rubs them together, and what it's it's movie magic because that's not really a thing. But <laughs> but in the movie, so proves, yeah, yeah, exactly. So what? Uh, <laughs> uh, and, but like in this particular part, he wants him to fix his leg, and so he's like, No, I'm not going to fix your leg. He's like, Please. He's like, I I need to. Like I need to prove something to myself, prove something to them. So he's like, Close eye. And then when he's like. When he smacks his hands together, it goes, and then in the song, it's like, boom. And starts speeding up, speeding up, speeding up with the tempo of his hands. Exactly. And then before Danny delivers the final crane kick, it's like, da-na-na, da-na-na, na-na. Finish him! Yeah. And then when he hits, when he hits him, it's like a cymbal hit. It's like, yeah. She's like, mm-hmm. winner! And, and instant glory music, celebration. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the, you're, you talked about intentionality, like mm-hmm. Bill Conti, and then and I know I keep talking about Bill Conti, but like and Ro- I love especially the score to Rocky and Rocky Two. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in Rocky Two where what? What about it? Oh, oh yeah, Mickey's yeah, yeah. theme in Rocky Three. I'm sorry, I get I got snippy with you. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> 
No, I'm not going to edit that Those, later. If, if, we, if, we, if we, a couple times we've taken some random pauses and we're like, oh, what, what? Again, like Jeremy said yeah. there, and he's, he's jumping in on stuff, so, yeah. which is fine. It's, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like we're totally fine with that. Yeah. Um, um, I, hope, I hope you know that. We're okay with it. Um, but, uh, and, but yeah, Mickey's theme in Rocky three is great, but mm-hmm. specifically when I'm talking about intentionality, like in Rocky two, at some point, just the, in a nutshell, right. Adrian doesn't want Rocky to fight. Adrian gets sick with their baby. She's being overworked. She goes in the hospital and then it finally, he's like, you know, if you don't want me mixing up with Creed, I won't. She's like, there's one thing I want you to do for me. He's like, what? And she's like, when? And then it's like, dumb. She's like, when, when, dumb. What are we waiting for? Take us. And it's like, dumb. Dun 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 dun. It's it. Uh, it's just it's so good and it's so intentional. Like yep. you were saying, like mm-hmm. and like thinking about it now. I'm like, I just want to go and I want to train mm-hmm. and I want to like just like lift heavy things and do one armed pull ups and stuff. Well, it's yeah. that music. You know, it's building up towards something big that we all know is coming. You yeah, know what exactly. that means is he's gonna fight again. Yeah. And you know, I feel like with that intentionality. Um, you know, that, that building and those kinds of that, I don't know, that music is so powerful in the storytelling Mm -hmm. and it's essential for the film because without it, you know, it's like, yeah, we know he's going to fight, but that music really gets you like pumped and excited for it in the same way that, you know, in the movie Jaws, John Williams also, um, we hear the music before we see uh, the shark. Exactly. And yeah. so we know that he's coming mm-hmm. yeah. just because the music is, yeah. you know, and that Every, means the shark's coming. Yeah. Or in the movie Signs, which I also love. Mm-hmm. It's that's, such an underrated score. Who does that? That's, that's, that's um, James Newton Howard. James Newton Howard. Okay. Because um, he does a lot of those M. Night, anyway, yes. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. M. Night movies. But so, yeah, I mean, you know, that, mm-hmm. like, it's all building because you don't know what it is. Are these aliens? Is this yeah. a creature? What's mm-hmm. happening? Is this some weather thing? Yeah. Is it, mm-hmm. you know, but the music itself just kind of yeah. gets you going and leads you to, oh, yeah. you know, the rest of the story. And without mm-hmm. it, it's like, it's just not as good. It's right. not the same. It's the right. same thing in Halloween when John, when, with John yes. Carpenter's score. It's yeah. like, dun, dun, yes. dun, dun, Anytime dun, you hear that dun, part, dun, like, of course, you hear the, but yeah, but anytime you hear like that kind of those minor keys, fingers walking along the piano, you know, you know, Michael's, Michael Myers is near, like it, 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 it brings that fear to flesh when you, you hit that dun and in Jaws, yeah. and you see the shark, mm-hmm. and you see it happen. It's like, or whenever it's like dun dun dun, like, it goes silent, yeah. and then there's this screeching on the strings. Whenever Michael shows, it's like, yeah. and like yeah. that's when like Michael strikes and stuff like that. Um, so that also lends into like the lack of score, which mm-hmm. um, Ooh, which like minimalism it, and yeah, even so, no music. Yeah, so minimalism is a huge thing, and no music creates just because that creates anxiety like Mm -hmm. because we're so conditioned to hear that music Mm -hmm. and whatever whatever part it's trying to portray whether it's uh heroics or whether it's sadness or we're conditioned to hear that music so when we don't hear that music and you see say somebody walking through a house or whatever and you don't hear anything all you hear is the walking you're you're waiting for something to jump out. You're waiting for that jump scare. No Country for Old Men's the same way. Oh, yes, there's like very little to no music in yeah. the whole movie, so you're just on edge the whole time. Yeah, and it was powerful. Yeah, 
Um, Anton Chigurh is like yeah. one of the most sinister villains I've ever seen in a movie. It reminds me um, of a scene that ja- it's Jack Black says it in the movie The Holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in a movie store with Kate Winslet um, in her character, and he's taught he you know does music in the yeah. in the movie. He um, writes movie scores and things like that. But he says you know he brings up the movie Jaws and he says Donna two notes and you've got a villain yeah. and it can be as simple as that yeah. or mm-hmm. psycho week 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 yeah week, yep. you know exactly at the very end shower scene those very simple notes yeah. are so frightening and yeah. powerful oh yeah and they're so simple mm-hmm. yeah exactly you, you can play the imperial march even if you don't know how to play an instrument you can play dun 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 yeah. like you can play that on a piano even if you have no musical ability or even back to the future it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be something scary but yeah. that little yeah, that yeah. twinkle yeah. is there's some sort of realization simple, you know great. yeah oh yeah yeah like yeah. marty mcfly is realizing something um or i don't know just it it brings about and i just had the note up and I, <laughs> oh uh i i here i have it memorized i have it memorized <laughs> I, I have i have it memorized uh jeff goldblum jeff goldblum, um, yeah. but, uh, Jeff goldblum. Jeff here's goldblum. an idea blum. have a point plain strands and automobiles yeah. not everything is an anecdote um <laughs> But, uh, That's another one with good music. Yes, John yeah. Hughes usually has good music yeah. in his movies. Um, but I, I, pr- I pretty much said it earlier with the Halloween. But pretty much those just little note shifts mm-hmm. can change the entire temperature of a scene and yeah. can just change. Yeah, exactly. You could literally, it could literally be Laurie Strode just going back to Halloween because that just minimalism in a movie as far as like music goes that just is that is one of my prime examples mm-hmm. Laurie Strode could be walking down the street it's a beautiful fall afternoon and she's carrying doing something innocent just humming to herself and carrying a pumpkin but you hear that uh um you hear dun, dun, oh yeah dun 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 then you know like you as the audience know something's about to yeah, happen it, dramatic yeah. irony yeah exactly so that's music contributes to that um before, i know we've been touching a lot we've just you've said a couple times some of your favorites matt we've alluded to some of our favorites and we've mentioned scenes um that really have struck us with certain scores or certain mm-hmm. musical elements that are added to it by these composers mm-hmm. um if you were to narrow down maybe two or three scenes that uh. Whatever emotion you want to say, it brings up like it's this. This is a big one. Like this is yeah. a big one. So whatever emotion you want to say, they bring up every time you hear this song or hear the music from this movie. It just it it brings up something in you that no song with lyrics or anything could ever ever really top. Mm-hmm. You can go first. Ooh. Yeah, gimme's. Um, so I'm gonna start with one that um, it's from the movie Peggy Sue Got Married. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is a Jerry Goldsmith, mm-hmm. um, yes. who I love. He's in my top five, believe yeah. it or not. I absolutely love his he stuff. Gremlins. Yeah. He, yeah. oh man. Dennis the Menace. Yeah. I could go on and on about him. I mean, Rudy, all these things. Yeah. But so in the movie, Peggy Sue got married. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Jeremy had not, but, um, not. so basically, um, uh, Kathleen Turner. Yeah. Um, it, she is, you know, in her forties, I think it's like her 20 or 30th high school reunion, whatever, but she winds up going back in time mm-hmm. to her high school days. And there's a scene where she's coming into her childhood home. Mind you, she hasn't been there in however long. Mm-hmm. Um, she's walking up the steps and she's looking around at, you know, imagine if you could go back to your house yeah. the way that it was, 
you know, 25 years ago. Right. You know, for you, that might be in like grade school kind of a thing. Right. But for her, you know, since she was older, mm-hmm. this is during high school. And all of a sudden, um, the phone rings and she answers it and it's her grandmother. And her grandmother is dead. Yeah. And so she just instantly is overcome. And the music is so simple, but so beautiful yeah. in the very Jerry Goldsmith way that he does things. Mm-hmm. And I have always just melted when I hear it. And I know you don't hear it, you know, out very often, but every once in a while it's on TV and I have to watch that mm-hmm. scene because the music is so powerful and it makes me think of, man, I would love to go back yeah. to my childhood mm-hmm. and see, you know, the way that my mom had the house set mm-hmm. up, all yeah. these things. And the music just makes it happen for you and it's yeah. beautiful. And um, one more of my really, really big ones is Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. It's my all-time favorite number one score is the I Stance um, mm-hmm. by Danny Elfman, Edward Scissorhands. It's so beautiful and so powerful. The voices get me every time. And I know that, yes, Winona Ryder's character, she looks beautiful and she's dancing, everything, but the whole movie is slowed down and she's in slow motion and she's mm-hmm. just dancing because they've never seen snow before. Mm-hmm. And he, Edward is creating it. And the music, it's like everything slows down, the music slows down, and the voices just become so loud and powerful. Mm-hmm. And I can't hear it without tearing up, getting yeah. goosebumps, and just make it makes me want to go pull it up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on my kids' CD. I have a CD that we have for um, our kids for when they go to bed, and yep. I have all kinds of movie scores on there. Mm-hmm. They're all phenomenal, and that's one of them. And man, it comes on, and I'm just like, ugh, I can't listen to it enough right mm-hmm. i don't ever get sick of it oh yeah you know yeah but, for sure yeah i mean i have That's more awesome. but matt i'll, I'll right I'll oh pass yeah, yeah. no no abs- absolutely it's funny as you were saying you have more because i was like okay i'm gonna say this and this and this oh shoot yeah i guess this too and this and that you know oh yeah i have a whole list yeah and i mean i just keep keep rolling with that I'd say for i mean if, if another just, one comes up yeah i mean we got it still got a little bit of time here so yeah, yeah let's something just, else comes let's up. just finish it all out yeah please no um well so some of my favorites i love a beautiful mind uh-huh. there's one um particularly piece called a kaleidoscope of mathematics and it's when he's putting yeah. all his you know mm-hmm. ideas together because he's trying to get his you know paper in, and oh the music another James Horner. Yeah. It's amazing and beautiful, super creative, also on my kid's CD. I love Casper's Lullaby. Mm-hmm. Um, it also just from hits. From Casper, right? Yes, from okay. Casper. Yeah. It's at the very end. It's, you know, when he becomes a boy and, you know, um, she gets to see her mom briefly and it's a powerful scene. You know, it was powerful to me as a kid thinking, what if you never got to see your mom again and she mm-hmm. comes back, but the music just makes it. Mm-hmm. I love Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. There's one called Tennessee and it's just, you know, them flying in their airplane. I think it's in the beginning of the film, but oh, the song is so beautiful and slow and powerful and mag mm-hmm. you know it's just magical i love avatar becoming one with the people that's another one that just gets me mm-hmm. um it's just beautiful the voices um legends of the fall it's a wonderful movie it's long if you haven't seen it please go watch it it's got a bunch of stars in it but the oh, music yeah. is just so captivating um i love gladiator yeah. so powerful that's um hans zimmer as well yes isn't it? yeah yes Oh, powerful stuff, though. Oh, yeah. You know, he uses the voices and stuff in that one, too. But um, I love Apollo 13. Mm, That's yeah, kind of an unsung yeah, hero. Yeah. And oh, again, yeah. it's James Horner. I don't mean for it to be. I just no, happen, just, yeah, I just happen to like it. But it's very patriotic. 
it's very, you know, you, you kind of feel hopeful because yeah. the movie, it's a disaster trip. It really yeah. is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a success story. They even say it in the movie. You know, I consider this one of our finest moments because they end up getting the astronauts back home, yeah. but they did not land on the moon. But yet the music makes you feel like, oh, there's hope or everything's mm-hmm. going to be okay. Or, you know, it's just very patriotic and I, I yeah. love it. Um, I, uh, you mentioned Hans Zimmer. Well, we've all been mentioning Hans Zimmer. Um, one of my favorite, uh, and I'm not trying to cut off your your favorites, but um, uh, Hans Zimmer's his Lion King score, mm-hmm. like it's just the one the scene that always gets me is um, King of Pride Rock. King of Pride mm-hmm. Rock, yeah, especially at the end uh, when um, uh, Rafiki I almost said Abu uh, yes. <laughs> when Rafiki's like <laughs> this time. Cameo. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because it's 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 such because it's their Pride Rock is just a wasteland yeah. after like after Scar's taken yeah. over and it's just there's there's this this storm or there was this drought and yeah. then you know there's the big like climactic fight between Scar and Simba yeah. and you know it's it's just it's this barren land and you know it's just that illustrates Scar's rule in Pride Rock mm-hmm. after after Mufasa died for you know twenty plus years yeah and then finally Simba's taking back the throne and then it hits that moment in the music where it's just building and then like it starts to rain for the first time yeah. forever and like then Simba roars and yeah. the whole and the whole pride yeah, starts get, roaring yeah. goosebumps well, and then you see mm-hmm. Mufasa's face in the clouds yeah. and stuff he's and like he's like remember yeah it's like da, 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 it builds da, too da, it gets yeah, louder and louder and then it gets a da, 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 and the path of glory and then it gets yeah. back to the circle of life it's like circle of life and then like I'm getting chills in my legs like mm-hmm. just because like every time I hear that yeah it, and then um I thought about this scene this morning. I almost mm-hmm. started like choking up at work and I was mm-hmm. like, are you kidding me? Cause I was <laughs> thinking about this episode, but we haven't talked about Randy Edelman yet. Oh yeah. Did Billy Madison, that, <laughs> the big green angels yeah. in the outfield, kindergarten cop. Mm-hmm. He's another one of those guys. You can spot a Randy Edelman yeah. score. I start cracking every time I hear, as soon as the universal logo comes in, it's like, dude, I start cracking up. (laughs) But um, in Angels in the Outfield, when um, George Knox goes out to visit uh, Mel Clark on the Mm -hmm. mound, he's like, I'm done. He's like, no, you're not. You got an angel with you right now. Kid sees an angel? He must. must. That's the signal. And like Jerry comes out and starts to it. Yeah, it's like. You say Jerry? Roger. I was like, I had a moment too, like, oh, what? Oh. Hey, uh, Jerry. My name's Roger, sir. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jerry. Jerry was the fat guy with the te- note to the teeth missing. Parks, <laughs> Parks and Rec. Is yeah. it Jerry, Jerry or Gary? Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Gary. Yeah, exactly. My name's Jerry. Gary. But when Jerry, or gosh darn it. Roger. When Roger. <laughs> Where are you getting Jerry from? Why don't you go to bed? Call it a night. I'm sure his father, your father, Maury Garden, wouldn't know his son's a destroyer. Yeah. Calvin, it's Gary, Calvin. Calvin? not little boy, movie house <laughs> um, guest. <laughs> well, and we'll have to talk about Alan Silvestri um, because yes. he also did the Forrest Gump score. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, when Roger yeah. uh, comes out 
and the it's like the Randy Edelman score is really low, and then it's like as he's waving his arms, JP comes out, and then the whole dugout comes out, and then like as the whole stadium starts yeah. standing up, it's like and like it's it's almost like. The, the crashing of symbols. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's just it's the look on George Knox's face. Like he hasn't seen any angels up to that point. He's just relied on Roger. Yeah. And like when he sees everyone standing up, and he's like, it could happen. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's nuts. It's it's it's, it's, it's awesome. silly because yeah. it's a kids movie. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that, like, that's what music does yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that like especially when Christopher Lloyd says Mel's coming up soon because mm-hmm. he's an angel yeah. and, and like George believes and he's like, it could happen. Mm-hmm. So it, you can tell that it's tough to keep my composure well, with just thinking like, about that. But, um, I'm the, I'm the silly. No, uh, it's, it's not silly. Um, I'm the same way with Rocky too. Um, yeah. when, and, and both, uh, one and two, they have the like conquest music or, yeah. or they have, they have the, the really like, um, epic music playing. Mm. And then, and, uh, then it always goes, like it reaches like a silent part. Yeah. Um, to where like in the first one, like it's after the final bells rung. It's like, and it's like a couple piano notes and like, Rocky and Apollo are trying to keep each other up. Yeah. And uh, Apollo's like, I'm going to be, no be a rematch. rematch. And he's like, don't, don't Rocky's want one. like, don't want one. And it's like, and like, and Adrian's, that's the part. That's Rocky. where you, that's where you get the Adrian. Like, yeah. she's, she's walking out and she's like, Rocky, Rocky. And like, finally it's like, dun, 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 dun. She's like, I love you. And he's like, I love you. I can see this whole scene playing out as you're describing it, especially with the music. And then in the second movie, when there's a little variation to the song Conquest, so Rocky and Apollo knock each other out and they both fall down yeah. in the last round and you get the ref yeah. in slow motion go one yeah, yeah. and it's like it's very it's, like the whole thing's very hazy exactly it's like it's like hazy. like yeah. really like dissonant like sustaining strings yeah. and then rocky gets up and the ref's like you're out and it's like dun, 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 and finally in that dun, 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 he's like yo adrian i did it and she's like i love you i love you it sounds stupid come from me but it's not stupid if but, anybody thinks mm-mm. it's stupid they can go kiss somebody's ass i don't know <laughs> they can go um, they can go sniff an ass i don't know if, if somebody <laughs> thinks it's stupid they can go they can screw them only like, because i'm not a woman it, but it doesn't it the the character is a woman and I'm not a right. woman so right so that's what? A, it's, yeah who cares so what who, who cares who uh, cares <laughs> but <laughs> you make me a woman? Mrs Doubtfire yes Howard Shore Howard, yeah. yeah Howard Shore who does Lord of the Rings also does Mrs right. Doubtfire yeah. what yeah, exactly yeah exactly <laughs> that, well it threw me what? off because like I didn't know Hans Zimmer did um a league of their own i grew up right. watching that but yeah. when i saw that i was like the batman guy because yes. he like yeah. him and james newton howard both contributed yeah. to like mm-hmm. the the nolan batman movies and yeah. i was like huh and then yeah. i saw i did lion king and i'm like oh all right, right. well, well I mean, and radio awesome. flyer yeah radio Which, flyer oh is another one of my favorite movies that jeremy has not yet seen and we've tried to fire stick it and wasn't available but yeah. the music in that is fantastic and mm-hmm. it really brings back memories from my childhood. Plead your as well. case. Come on, come here. Yeah. Come here. Use one of these mics. Plead yeah. your clay. Plead your, plead your case. So, real, real All right, here comes Jeremy. This, this has nothing to do necessarily with what you're at. This has nothing to do with what you're actually saying. Just what I thought you said. <laughs> oh, I boy. thought you said 
Rain of Fire, not Radio Flyer. And you said, which is one of my favorite movies. And I said, what? Yeah, your head, your no, head was slowly like turning over. And you're it's like, like <laughs> the Christian Bale, Matthew McConaughey movie? No, it's not. With Jack? No, it's not. He's, he's never seen the movie. He's never seen the <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. I thought you were going to have something good to contribute, but <laughs> Dynamite dropping, Monty. Yeah. <laughs> Major League is a good, another good one. Major League too, yeah. 2. That's Major I know that's Major League Go back to your shanties. Too, yeah, go back to your shanties. Jeez, people, go back go to your shanties. shanties. <laughs> Happy Gilmore's a good one. Yeah. Um, Oh, by the way, he did actually have something to contribute. He told me yeah. that I um, I said that it was Jerry Goldsmith that did Peggy Sue, which it's not. It's actually John Barry. That was a complete slip on my end, yeah, which I also right. love John Barry. And one yeah, of what my favorites of his yeah. was James Dances. Bond. He did James Bond. Oh, he did course. Dances with Wolves. Oh, yeah. And yeah. some of his dun 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 yeah. When they're doing this big panoramic view of you know the countryside that's completely untouched and Buffalo and things like that. Boy, that's one of my yeah. other favorite movies. Really hard to watch, but one of my favorites in the music mm-hmm. is fantastic. Yeah. John Barry. Well, John. and and so, and it's not always good movies that have good music. Like if you can put a, you can mm-hmm. put a good composer to a kind of eh, eh movie yeah. like um like Interstellar. Interstellar Inter- had great music. I thought the movie was okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the visuals were really cool, right. but mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, some of this is kind of a stretch, but the music I remember seeing that in oh, the theater okay. and thinking this music is mind-blowingly yeah. good. Yeah. It's out Standing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then and we were talking about Howard Shore. This isn't an example of a bad movie. It's actually a great movie. Great composer. That thing you do is yeah. Howard Shore. Oh yeah. Um, but so Michael Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So I don't know. I've never seen Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, but it oh yeah, it doesn't have like I love that movie. Gra- okay, I was gonna. Uh, okay, never mind. Back off. Michael Kamen <laughs> does the yeah. does the because he also does Die Hard mm-hmm. and Last Action Hero, but and uh, Roadhouse. Yep. He does do Roadhouse. Which that was our that was the first episode. But of the there, there's also um, shoot. What's the Hey Jeremy, did you forget to take your medication this morning? <laughs> yeah, what's, what's the movie? What's the score that they play sometimes at the Oscars? What's that? That's it. Dragonheart. Dragonheart. Oh, Dragonheart yeah. too, yeah. but they Dra- also play they that also one. Do, yeah. Randy that is Edelman. Randy Edelman. Yeah. Dragonheart's Randy Edelman. So like nobody remembers Dragonheart, but everyone remembers songs from Dragonheart. Mm-hmm. And right. Same thing with Robin Hood, Prince or of Requiem Thieves. Or Requiem for yeah. a Dream. Or, yeah. yeah, that's another one that's used a lot in movie trailers yeah. and teasers. I do want to interject real quick on Dragonheart. Sorry, Stephen. No, no, you're fine. No, so. Randy Edelman, who has done like like you guys have said, um, Billy Madison, Big Green, yeah, these movies that are like family friendly yeah. comedies and that kind of thing. He also did Last of the Mohicans, yeah, right, yeah, which is crazy. If you're good, you're good. They'll use yeah, it for anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I feel like he attached himself to Dragonheart before he knew whether it was going to be good or not. Oh yeah, because he that score, it's like. It's way more epic than what the movie is. <laughs> and it's like, I'm going to compose the crap out of this. And it was great. And I, I grew up loving it. A lot of people don't know it. I love it. And it's like, eh, it doesn't get a whole lot of exposure yeah. because it was attached to a terrible movie. Oh, but yeah. like, it, I would encourage people... So, even though this isn't my podcast, no, no. I would encourage people. <laughs> you're like, you're like, can you scooch down, yeah, please? Sorry. Can you scooch? Please? I would encourage everybody <laughs> listening <laughs> after <laughs> these, <laughs> after after uh, yeah. um, Matt and Stephen and Jess are done talking to leave this podcast. Go like look up some of these scores on YouTube. Yeah. They're amazing. Like, yeah. Even if it's not a good movie, the mm-hmm. score might be terrific. Yeah, exactly. So. That's, exactly. that's my two cents. Thank yeah. you, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again. Uh, I, I you, mean, 
willingly married him. I, I, you know, <laughs> come on, yeah. he's a, guys, he's a good guy. I married him for his last name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> smoking is smoking is smoking is good. Smoking, smoking yeah. all the green. <laughs> no, we Jer- we love Jeremy. All yeah. of us do. We just yeah. like giving him a hard time. Me especially. Yeah, exactly. But you know another one, uh, Schindler's List. Can oh, we talk yeah. about that Williams. one? So, so it's many. John Williams's yeah. favorite score. And mm-hmm. I learned something interesting about this. So um, when they were working on the project and everything, um, John Williams said to the director, which is Steven Spielberg, Spielberg. Spielberg. Yep. Yeah. one and only, um, he said, honestly, I don't think I'm good enough for this. And Steven wow, Spielberg yeah. said, John, I don't think you are either, but everybody else is dead. Um, and I, I mean, he used different words, yeah, but that's yeah, kind of, right. you know, yeah, the yeah. gist of what he said, but he also said like, but I, I know if there's anybody that can do it, then it's, it's going to be you. Yeah. And John Williams said that it's one of the most like powerfully emotional movies that he's ever mm-hmm. seen, ever yeah. worked on and been a part of. And, oh, it's, it's outstanding. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, his, his work yeah. in that, in that movie is just, mm-hmm. it, it's oh, heartbra- yeah. it is, it's oh, heartbreakingly yeah. beautiful. Yeah, because it's a true story. Like, it's, right. that's real stuff. Yeah. You're not creating this world. Like, the fact that you have a soundtrack to this, to these actual events that were just deplorable, mm-hmm. it's just, it just makes it that much more melancholy. Yeah. And I, if on, um, kind of still on the subject of John Williams with more of kind of melancholy tune. Um, Ewoks. Another, yes, the Ewoks. Um, <laughs> with, again, one of my other favorite scenes is uh, Saving Private Ryan at the yes. end yeah. when it comes off of the earn this scene and like you get the shot of James Ryan's face and then it, it goes from Matt Damon and fades into the older James Ryan and he's in front of um, Tom Hanks's characters. I haven't, it's been a while since I've seen <laughs> yes. it. I've only watched it once. So I remember James Ryan and Tom Hanks and Tom Sizemore's characters. <laughs> um, but uh Tom Hanks's character uh, who led the charge to go grab Private Ryan. If you've never seen Saving Private Ryan, like go watch it. it yeah. You you may say, oh, war movie. It's it's more than a war movie. It's like it's yep. it's a it's a human like it's a look at humans. Yeah. Um. It's 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 jam packed with so many good lessons. But it's the the John Williams, um, piece that's playing while he's saying, you know, you know, I've I've my family's with me and. I've lived, I've lived so hard to live up to the expectation you've all like put on me that yeah. day. Um, and like his wife comes up and he's like, you know, have I been a good man? Have I good, have I lived a good life? And it's just when he gets up and he salutes Tom Hanks's grave. Ugh, it's, it, yeah. that's really good too. Mm-hmm. And I kind of joked about Ewoks earlier, but there is this, <laughs> in Return of the Jedi, we were listening to the song Yub Nub on the way over here and it plays at the end of return. Well, you can't hear it at the end of return of the Jedi anymore because George Lucas cut it out. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, uh, um, it's Skelly it, wag. Yeah. Skip bent George Lucas. <laughs> um, but there's this in the original cut of return of the Jedi, there's a song called yub nub. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly how it sounds. It's yeah. like, it's like, yub nub. But like that in and of itself it's played during the celebration. Like they just mm-hmm. brought down the empire yeah. and, and like Luke just came back from his father, you know, Darth Vader, uh, just like turned in the, like then the reconstructed death star, he saved him from the emperor. He was turned and like came back and, and Luke brought him back over to the light, like mm-hmm. right before he died. And so he just got back from, a funeral for his father who he knows is like back in good standing with the force and mm-hmm. stuff. And, and like, 
yeah, it's silly noises like yum nah, dun, but the music playing with the dun 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 dun, yeah. dun and you have celebration going on and like Luke is standing there and and he sees Obi-Wan Kenobi and he sees Yoda and then he sees his father As played by goes. Sebastian Shaw. Yeah. Not Hayden, Hayden Christensen, Christensen <laughs> as George Lucas put in there, but Sebastian Shaw as Anakin. Like mm-hmm. he finally, we finally get to see Anakin not yeah. as Darth Vader, and he finally gets to see his father back with his friends Yoda and yeah. Obi Wan. And there's just this finality to it. Yeah. Like they yeah. have won, and, and everything's gonna be okay. Yeah. And it goes into the more hopeful kind of string section dun, that bleeds dun, dun, out. Dun, 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 dun. And then like yeah. the the best. I love the start ending. All the Star Wars, the original trilogy i love all the ending scenes musics like the throne room and then when um leia and um luke are on the ship and they're yeah. gonna go they're gonna go get han to continue to fight the mm-hmm. empire and like lando's flying it and everything when they're looking out the window and then at the end of return of the jedi like and yeah mm-hmm. exactly yeah. that that's probably my favorite yeah. piece oh yeah in history Definitely. is is um leia or is han solo and the, and the prince the han and leia theme yeah. yeah um but like and then at the end of return where all of them just kind of reach a certain spot they get loud 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 then yeah it goes back into the main theme yeah exactly so we could keep going like for sure we can keep yeah. going all night um, but unfortunately we're gonna have to stop the episode somewhere <laughs> so we are gonna take another quick break and when we come back we're gonna round out the show with jess so stay tuned to the radcast So welcome back to the Radcast, everybody. Um, we are going to end the show in just a second here. But if you listen to our Little Giants episode, our Radcast oh, rentals yeah, yeah. with Dave, we we went on for maybe about f- you know a f- couple minutes talking about Jess and how Jess yeah. reminded us of Icebox and how you kind of like ice chest, I, ice, ice chest, steer clear ice, ice chest, or off the mess of your face. face. But how you kind of have told us how you kind of you identified with Icebox when you were younger, especially as like a, as you were a tomboy yeah. growing up essentially. So, and we said, we want to hear some of your thoughts. So before, yeah. before we end the show, if you wanted to give some of your thoughts on little giants, this is kind of like a, um, a supplement to, mm-hmm. um, what we did with Dave. So here is Jess's thoughts on the movie, little giants. Yeah. Well, after, um, listening to your podcast, I was like, man, I want to be a part of this conversation yeah. <laughs> because I love this movie. Um, I, a few things that I wanted, you know, I did, um, relate to Icebox a lot, not just because I was a tomboy, but because I was athletic Yeah. and as a kid, I made friends with boys easily because I played sports. And so, um, I loved that they portrayed her as being a girl who was good at sports and Mm -hmm. she didn't have to be boyish. She just, she was herself and she was mm-hmm. Becky, yeah. you know. Um, I also loved that Danny had a love interest. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, you know, Danny is like the unsung hero of that whole movie. I mean, he's not unsung, but he is the hero of that movie. Yeah. And yet he gets the girl at the end too. Yeah. Um, I know that's not a huge point of the plot of that movie but i just thought that that was really cool it's yeah. like the oh, consolation yeah. prize by the way he gets you know the beautiful blonde yeah. from the beginning of the movie um and, and because that, it's rick moranis it makes yeah. it even better right yeah right um i also so i know that you guys asked everybody's favorite like character yeah, yeah. Yep. um 
I think my favorite side character is probably Zoltek. <laughs> you were. I just, his everything, his Darth Vader helmet, um, <laughs> the fact that they're in a huddle and he is off in La La Land, like looking completely around, looking yeah. around like he doesn't know where he is, is one of my <laughs> favorite things. Um, I love that he has an important part in the last game, you know, yeah. here. I mean, just everything. I don't know. He... Um, yeah, Fomorowski. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's he's important too. You know, I I also love that they each played a part yeah. in the final game. It wasn't just all Junior Floyd was the hero of all yeah. the kids. No, yep. they all got to be heroes, exactly. which is yeah. awesome, for, especially for a kids movie. John Debney did the score for that. Yes, that was a really good score. Oh, yeah. it was great. Um, I also liked that the movie was not about getting even with the jerk yeah you know it wasn't yeah we won bam what do you think of that yeah. it actually was the coming together of two brothers yeah um who are adults not just little kid brothers but actual adults yep. which how often does that happen where adult siblings who have been kind of you know at it for years and years and years and yeah. there's animosity actually come together mm-hmm. i thought that that was really That's cool a good point. Yeah. and it's not only you know about settling their differences but working cooperatively together Mm -hmm. it wasn't just danny's team one and they get to have the town's team it's you know let's do it together Mm -hmm. that's amazing and what a message that sends to kids and that's just like the teacher and the coach in me that would appreciate that is like what a message that sends um you know to kids adults everything else um I also liked that the very last scene, you know, what do you want? Danny didn't just want his name on the tower. He yeah. wanted the O'Shea, the O'Shea brothers. brothers. Yeah. So cool. The music building, everything. I thought that that was great. Um, but yeah, that, that's one of my top favorite movies. All the side characters are yeah. great. Mm-hmm. All the kids were cast perfectly. Oh, yeah. I love Ed O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I remember as a kid also best. thinking, is he wearing a wig? And yeah. you guys said it. And I was like, he was. I knew it. I knew it. He owes me money. It's like, son of a gun. I knew it. Um, mother. Mother. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. Howard Shore. Howard Shore, ladies. Um, no, I just, I, I love that movie. Yeah. And, it, and you guys did a great job covering Thank it. I you. loved everything that you, you, you know, that you pointed out and talked about. I also have to say, I agree with you that mm. the scene where Becky is, you know, your uh, little fullback was completely yeah, unnecessary. Cringeworthy. Yeah. Even as a kid, I was like, she, come on. Yeah. I mean, her mom's gone. Look at how much her dad has done for her. Yeah, is she exactly. really going to become like the petulant brat mm-hmm. out of nowhere? Exactly. Nah. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was out of character for Becky. Yeah. Right. So I didn't particularly like that either. But yeah. the rest of the movie oh, wouldn't change. Wouldn't change love. a thing. Exactly. And and we love. We always love revisiting it. Even though I mean, I, I'm. Thank you for your thoughts, Jess. I mean, anytime, yeah, awesome. anytime we can yeah. revisit it in any capacity, it's always. Always a nice sign. And speaking of thank you, thank you for having us in your home. Thank you yes. for being on with Thanks us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, this is this will be one of many, like we tell all of our guests, because all of our guests are people we want to have on multiple times. And there's yep. a, a myriad of topics we could talk about. So, Jess, thank you for being on the Radcast. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as always, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another, because why would you want to be rude when you could be rad? So we'll see you next time. This concludes our broadcast day.